0: <coughs> Welcome to our weekly Wednesday share and Ironically Yitzchak tells Yaakov to go to Charan to get him mar- marry a wife. Stay within the family, he says. So the Torah tells us, "Vayyetsi Yaakov mibershav avayir deCharanah." This six parshas vayyetsi, based, of course, on the first word of the parsha. Question, of course, becomes. What's the difference that he went out of Be'er Sheva? Then he went to Harana. If you tell me he went on a journey to Harana, obviously he left Be'er Sheva. A bear represents water, Chassidus tells us. Not a, a, sorry, a bear well is water. Water represents Torah. Ein Mayim elotorah. Sheva, the number seven, has a powerful significance in its own right. As it is a complete cycle, God created the world in seven days. There are seven midas, seven attributes. Number 7 represents many different things. But the main thing is it completes a full cycle. Sheva, 7 years of Shemitah. Therefore, Be'er Sheva. Sheva is also a of The word can also be spelled if you put a sin, Sevea, which means it's sated, it's full. In Be'er Sheva, he sat and studied Teda. He was under the tutelage of his father, Shiva's Beshem Ve'ever. He was totally, totally enveloped in Teda. He was basking, he was drowning, he was being showered in Teda. Some of us have a life wish to be showered in Teda. Just keep pouring, have, have. Just give it to me. You can't get enough. And so too here, he traveled from a mukham tereh, from a place where tereh was prominent, to a place vayelech charona. Charona says Rashi, charin veafshel ilam, emptiness, void. to the lowest of low what's going on here the fact that he left Be'er Sheva and that he went to Haran is a message in its own right most of us would like to just sit and hear words of Terah especially if it's something we understand, like a Shemak something that's tangible, you can actually feel it as it's told to us. Everybody likes to hear something that's so powerful, so gripping. So, why leave it? Why leave that environment? Why leave that behind somewhere? Tells us the Teda. This is the mission of us as a person, as a Yid, as a a creation of this world, to do God's bidding, to fulfill God's mission. want to sit and learn unfortunately we need to go out to the the we have to go out and see to it that we make the influence, we make the difference by people by fellow Jews we're coming soon to the holiday of Hanukkah we need to see to it that each and every Jew that we know and that we come in contact with and that we can possibly influence in any which way, form, or fashion has a menorah, is lighting their menorah <coughs> every single day. Making the bracha, brachas. And of course on Friday lighting it earlier so they don't desecrate the Shabbos. This is not something that's an imperative only on a, on a rabbi, on a sage. This is something for each and every man, woman, and child. To see to it, to influence as many people as possible. Not to influence them, but rather to grace them with the mitzvah of Adlokos near Hanukkah, the lighting of the Hanukkah candles. Prior to that, we have a month full of excitement. We have Yud Tes and Yud Kislev. We have Yud Tes slave. the different, which are ultimately yamtevim, as we call them, Yamtev holidays, that are basically involved with chasidim. And then in the middle we have the Yudalit Kislev. The 14th day, the 9th day of Kislev. Amazing. Actually... Never get something to cooperate with you. Sorry, there we go. Kislav The Hayem Yem writes. It's the birthday of the Mitl Rebbe, the Rebbe, the, the son of the Alter Rebbe, and he's buried in a city called Nejim. On the ninth day of Kislev, Tafkuf Nun Dalid, the Alter Rebbe said a this maima was one of the fifty-three pirakim in the Sefer of Tanya. He spoke about the first temple, and the next day he said this again. The end of this parik that we said before, and then the other mamram following, then, which ultimately were compiled of. the Sefer uh, Tanya. On Yudkishev, on the other hand, the Mithlid ever went out of prison. He was in prison in Vitebsk. It was Chalamoyd Sukis. They found out that there was a a emulsion. There was somebody who as it say in English, snitched on the the little Rebbe, that he was helping the Jews in Israel. And then, on Yim'alafash, he was taken, the Bavitch, came to Teber Mosul, he said Khsidhstay said the the famous maimer of Maim Rabn al Kh al Sahaba. On Monday he went from there to Lyajna. There he said the Shafir Ishpayish, another maimer. On Tuesday he went from there to Vetebsk. There he was imprisoned until Sunday of Pashas Yishlach Yud Kislev. Exactly as it is this year. the birthday of a nasi, the birthday of a tzaddik, has significance to us. Because we are all connected to the tzaddik of our day. Our existence is by connecting to the tzaddik. And therefore... therefore it's imperative that we celebrate the birth of a tzaddik as if it was our own birthday, as if it was our own milestone because by the tzaddik gracing the world this is ultimately a light that comes down onto our, into our lives and comes down Generation after generation, and as the son of the Alter Rebbe, so to his son, so to the son of law that etc., etc. Sorry, this is the Rebbe, the because after his son-in-law, the of Lord, Tzedek, and then the rest of the Rabbim to our Rebbe, Rabbi how do we communicate with the Rebbe? we pray to God we don't pray to the Rebbe we beseech of the Rebbe to pray on our behalf those who go to the aisle to the cemetery, the gravesite of the Rebbe You're not praying to the tombstone, God forbid, because we don't pray to stones. You are standing there praying, tearing up your letter, and asking the Rebbe to take this request, this beseechment on your behalf to the places where it needs to be brought before God Almighty. and see to it, put in a good word for us as we would say so that it is ultimately answered so that we are blessed and so that we receive God's open hand God's blessings God's kindness and God's compassion some of us turn to God and say Mm -hmm. life was a bowl of cherries and I only got the pits some of us turn to God the way they're supposed to and say thank you Hashem thank you Hashem thank you Hashem but what if I don't pray what if I don't do all the things I'm supposed to be doing what if I don't keep Shabbos keep kosher what if I do a drastic sin does God still want to talk to me does gods still want to listen to what I have to say. <speaking in Hebrew> Yaakov went out of Beresheva, and he went into the most mundane, coarse part of the world, which signifies us as our neshama. Our neshama, which came from Chelik the Kamei Malamish, as writes in Tanya, part of God Himself, into the harem of the worst, and lowest, most decadent and degrading world. We are constantly given tests. We are constantly being tested our faith, our strength, our commitment, our connection to God. It's on a constant, constant battle. And we need to understand that unfortunately, although we should and we want to win every battle, like in every other business, any other thing in the world, nobody wants to go into any any business investment they make, they want to conquer, they want to make the most out of each one of them. Nobody wants to take that loss. Nobody wants to swallow that bullet. Everybody wants to be as fruitful as possible for everything they do. And when they take the loss, they might shrug their shoulders, they might brush themselves off and get up and go again. but they're not happy with it it's not what they planned that's not what they wanted sometimes we do something and we say to ourselves regret is not the word if I say I regret what I did it's not anywhere near sufficient to say it one thing we need to understand we are serving God and even when we do something which is between a person and another and technically you have to go ask that person forgiveness we do ask of God to help us A. to overcome the guilt and B. to be forgiven for what we have done. There are times where a person can do something and they say to themselves there is no way I can ever be forgiven for what I did. It's as bad as it comes. It's as severe as it comes. It's as hard as it comes. It's in the Kharain api shal'ilam. God is a very forgiving Father in Heaven. What one needs to do is picture themselves before their own physical Father, their loving forgiving, compassionate devoted, dedicated father if you did something so severe to him what would his reaction be? perhaps he'd be angry in the beginning but in the end if he's indeed a loving and caring father he will embrace you he will hug you. He will kiss you on your forehead, and say, "Please, please, my child, be careful, and let's never happen again." It's a sin. It's a blemish. We need to pray. We need to do mitzvahs. We need to give tzedakah. Whatever it is, we need to do for the sin that we did, and since. A physical, mundane, human being, flesh and blood, can find compassion for their child. Each and every Jew is an only child by God. And therefore, it's not relevant, how severe the sin was. HaKadosh Baruch when it sees the person repenting, when it sees the person involving themselves in teshuva, trying to get past, and trying to move on, and trying to better better themselves in a way that they should never, ever fall into such a situation again, to better themselves, so that they can compensate in some which way, form or fashion for what they have done. And at this point, HaKadosh Baruch who says Salachti I have forgiven This is the Vayetze Yaakov in Be'eshava Vayelech Charona He left Be'eshava and he went to Charon to the lowest part of the world He arrives in a very short time In a spot, and all of a sudden, Bo Hashemesh, the sun sets. If I had a watch, I would definitely know that this is not sunset. It's almost like daylight savings time. He arrives here in Haramaria, it became dark, so he went to sleep. Says, he says this is the first time says the Chazal the sages tell us this is the first time that Yaakov lied down to sleep for the night he was 14 years in the yeshivas of Shein Eva. And he learned Torah day and night. Didn't go to bed. So all of a sudden, he's out of out of the neighborhood, out of sight. Nobody's looking anymore. He can now take a rest. Seriously, he can all of a sudden just take a nap. Fourteen years. And where? where? in the place of the Holy Temple itself and therefore Yaakov says afterwards (laughs) how is it possible that God is in this place and I didn't know about it he was devastated that he slept here the question still begs to ask why did God See to it that he fell asleep and on such a holy, hallowed ground. The man actually who sleep, not evaded him, but he evaded sleep. He sought to it, he didn't go to sleep. So, here and now, this is the choice that he took to go to sleep. Let's analyze this overrated concept of sleep, of lying down. The situation of actually lying down is a tremendous spiritual descent for the greatest for any any given person because the fact is the greatness of a person over any other creature is the fact that they stand upright. their head is above and their body is below. and this way, Sorry, we see the order. The mind, the heart, all these things go in a, in a form. The mind, which is the sekhl, and the heart, which is the feelings, and the legs, the rest of the body, and the, the legs, which are the action tools, the action limbs and organs. When he lies down, though, everything's even plain the head is on the same level as the legs. The highest part of the person signifies his spirituality. And the lowest is his physical being. And therefore the correct way to be is first the spirituality, which is the highest, and most important, and the physical, which is on the bottom. When one lies down to rest, the physical and the spiritual are all at even plane. This said, when one is lying down, you can also see things that are above you. The difference to the head and the feet are only within the world of boundaries. Where in there, the, the, the spirituality is higher than the physical. However, when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch himself, HaKadosh Baruch was ain't safe, he's never-ending. There's no difference spiritual and physical. Everything is one intertwined within God and godliness and this is therefore we learn and we see with the resting and the lying down of Yaakov Avinu Dafka in the place of the Beis HaMikdash because Dafka from there the holiest of holies where the light of God of the Ein Seyfi itself causes this to be totally nullified in the within the realm of the above and below there's no such thing there's no top no bottom no, fa- no past no present no future the head and the legs and the feet are all equal this is therefore the deepest meaning deepest explanation of that night that Yaakov Avinu had in the place of the Mikdash. And therefore had experienced this dream of a sulam a ladder that was up in heaven the top and the leg, the bottom, was on the, on earth. Sorry, it was planted on earth, and the top reached to the heavens. A ladder that connected heaven and earth. At that moment, Yaakov had the opportunity, the capability, and the capacity to unite spirituality and physicality. Eretz and Shemaim. Why? Because he was on a mission. He was going to Haran. For what? To set up the Jewish nation. To rest the spirituality, the holiness within the world, the physical world, and to make Gashmias, a physical concept, the vessels of the Mishkan of the Tabernacle, the walls, and everything else, turn it into Er Ein Seif Baruch the light of God Almighty Himself. And the end of this Avedah is the Geul Amit And then we'll have the revelation The revelation of the glory of God in the physical world as it says every person will see Gashmi the physical eyes, the fleshy eyes will see Kipi the mouth of God speaking. it's a ladder connecting heaven and earth. Chazal tell us stories that we have of our forefathers are lessons for us. So whereas this Pasha starts off talking about going out from Be'eshava to Kharan. Parsha finishes where Yaakov embarks on the journey coming back. So everything that happened to our forefathers happens to us as well. And therefore, the story of Yaakov Avinu, which is depicted now our Parsha, is not just a story of the Jewish nation. The going out of Yaakov to Cheren, as we said, him symbolizes or hints at the exile of Klal Yisrael, as the Rambam says. The Sulam, the ladder that saw Yaakov Avinu and the Malach that Yaakov Avinu saw of the angels going up and down. This was all a parable, a mussel to royalty and servitude slavery the return of Yaakov to Ezrael represents the re- ultimate redemption and therefore although we hear it as a story Yaakov going down finding, marrying fathering the children, etc. and ultimately returning, there is a life lesson for each and every one of us. Yaakov went out to Haran, not only in order to salvage himself, save himself, there was an actual obligation of him to do this. He needed to go out to get married to set up the foundation of what would be the Jewish nation and as we know most of the Shvatim were born in Haran he went to redeem all the sparks the holy sparks that were hidden in Haran and therefore, for Yaakov to be a complete being and to complete his mission on this world and make his essence exactly the way it should be, it involved going down to Charan. So too the exile of the Jewish nation. Although we say, because of our sins, we were exiled from our land. And the exile is an outcome of the sins of the Jews. It's only a side thing. The mainstay concept of the Golos is so that we can impress and spread the holiness of the Kedusha in each and every place in the world. And to make, as we said many times, a dwelling place for God here in this world. That's done through our service when when we are in Gaulas And we reach to completion to the highest level. And therefore when the Pasha tells us of him going out of Kharan, Yaakov saw Malachi Eliqim sorry, on his way to Kharan. He sees Malachi alakim angels of God going up and coming down. Sarashi, who's the champion of the Bihamish the Mikra, of the boy, the little child learning Tata, looks at the Pasuk and he says Angels are a heavenly concept. They're from heaven. An angel, you find an angel in heaven. So if there's a ladder that's going from heaven to earth, or from earth to heaven, and you want to have angels on this world or on that ladder, first they need to come down, and then they can go up. But rather the passage says, (inaudible) they're going up and coming down. How did that work? Rashi explains there are angels that only can function in Eretz Israel in the Holy Land of Israel and these angels were accompanying Yaakov when they got to this point and they were going to cross the border as we say they could not go out of Eretz and therefore they went up the ladder and sent down angels from out-of-towners, from out of that cell to continue accompanying Yaakov. And that's where we have at the end of the Pasha. When Yaakov returns from Choram, it says, Vayifku malachei aleikim. Malach like him, confronted. These are malachim of Eretz who had come to greet him to accompany him back to Eretz Yisrael with glory and with honor. So we have two different types of malachim: malachim of of Arav Eretz Yisrael, and their mission. Was to watch Yaakov if you know, that nothing should happen to him with love and arami. And Yamalakha Ezizel, they accompanied him on his way. This was the kaykhus, the strength that Akash who gave him on his way out, his journey. And the angels that came to greet him, to return back to Ezizel. They were from the holiness that he succeeded in doing outside of Eretz and influencing the whole world. This is also the lesson to the Jewish nation. A Jew does not have to get racked, so we say in America, by the hardships of Gullahs. A Jew needs to remember before he goes out to exile that as he's going out, going out to Golis. HaKadosh Baruch sends with us the Malachi as Israel to give us the Koyach, the strength, the vitality, and the umph to survive throughout the Golis. And also in the time of Golis, find ourselves with the Malachi Yetz watching us, protecting us, as David Melech says so eloquently in Tillim, La Yanev La and Shevi Yisrael does not dream off, does not sleep the protect the Israel. Neither sleep on until the nations themselves call this Umnaich. This is your tools. This is your actual profession and they helped the Jews to this as well. And now as we are coming to the end of our goals, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us, as he completes the term which we had to serve here in this exile, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us angels to meet us from Eitz Yisrael, Malachi Kovid. To bring us to the Ge'ula Amitis Fashtema Yaakov sees in his dream God talking to him and says the land you are on that you are resting on I will give to you and your children. Rashi explains and if you keep his score at home it's Gemara and from his base HaKadosh Baruch Hu folded the entire land entire itself, and put it underneath him as a hint that he will own everything, this will all belong to the Jewish nation and it does till today no matter what the Arabs want to say Someone wrote to the Rebbe a question. Kalshbaruchu folded up at and placed it on the Yaakov. Yitzchak was living in Tzsarol. What happened to him? Where did he, he end up? He got folded up under his, under his son. Interesting question. <laughs> <Did> I, <laughs> The Rabbi answers him, I guess, with a smile. My friend, look in the Torah. It was a dream. Avram Veen also had something, Pachaz, something very similar. HaKarash Baruch Hu told Avram, Come walk the land, its length and its width, Kilchot Nana, I am giving it to you, and therefore the Gemara says, "If we can score Gemara by Basra, the opinion of the Rabbanan that the reason Shmateras Atzive Yoisu, why did he make him do this walk?" To pave the way for his children to be able to inherit this land easier. Baruch was a man with a plan. This is all planned. Avramavinu, Avinu, Yaakov Avinu HaKadosh Baruch Hu set them up the entire land they should always know that their children their ancestors, their descendants will all have this land as theirs forever and ever but there is a difference between Avram and Yaakov ah uh, Getting too cocky. Someone gave an ayahara. We got a 45 minutes of recording. <sighs> okay, I guess the video. Oh, maybe not. Okay, part two of the video. The difference between Avram and Yaakov. Avram was still asked to do a physical labour to walk around the entire land. Now I'm afraid there won't be a second part to walk around the physical land, Kumishalekbaritz. And during this time he conquered the land Making it easier for his children to ultimately conquer the land. So Yaakov did nothing. He went to sleep, and Hashem folded the land beneath him. This is also, Hashem adds another hint to Yaakov Avinu. Not only that Rez Yisrael was easy to conquer as he already hinted, Tavram Vino, but it should be so easy like resting on the ground. Like lying down and just going to sleep and the land will become ours automatically. Because he already hinted this Tavram Vino. This is therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Koyach to Yisrael strength to conquer its Yisrael even without a battle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu establishes his existence in the world the recognition that the Jews have ownership correct and proper ownership over the land. And there's no way that Yidin can any which way form a fashion. shalom compromise, this ownership, these rights that we have to the holy Land. this we saw also with Yeshua as Yeshua the disciple of Mesh Rabbeinu came to conquer the land if they merited the Bnei Yisrael would conquer in this way the Holy Land like HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to them Boyu Ureshu come inherit the land you don't have to conquer just come and take and this Rashi explains no arguments no war no anything but after they sinned unfortunately the sin of the spies this merit was taken away from them and they had to go to war in the time of the Geula this is how it will be at throw be automatically given over to the Yidden without any kind of battle needed any kind of arguments not even any kind of tipping a finger in cold water as we say as it belongs to Avram Avinu given to Yitzhak and Yaakov the land itself was given just like a Kodesh Baruch who folded it on the Yaakov Avinu. And before the Gula now, as the Jews stand strong and fit on their merits, the godliness of Eretz and they say to the nations, with Dvarim Yitzim and Alev, words that truly come out of the heart, and when words come out of the heart, truly they penetrate the next heart, and with real truth and honesty and depth. This is our inheritance. This is given to us by the Creator of the world. When they say that, all different arguments fall aside. The nations have nothing to say. As Israel will remain in the fullest of its ways, in the fullest capacity, as a property of B'nai Yisrael, and we will go into Eretz Yisrael this Shabbos, Before Shabbos even, we will go out of this golahs and into the Holy Land, and it will be the Yehula Hamitas Vahashtema Ayidei Mashiach Tzidkenu B'mehedah VeYameinu Mamish 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 Amen Shabbat Shalom to all.